0: come on boys
1: boom the boys are back and it is time for another bonehead q a episode again this has been maybe my favorite thing we've done since i've officially entered us into the offseason the return of the monthly q a and it's not a lot of fun answering questions by myself so we've gotten the boneheads involved so we're not going to do the last name, but if you ever want to know the first name behind the account, Bob Trollsby, one of my favorite K-State accounts and one of the best boneheads, it is Joey. Joey, how are you doing? I know you're a Colorado Avs fan. We're going to get this in before game six. Hopefully they clinch tonight, although we actually have a pretty large contingent – I say large – at least four other boneheads who are Tampa Bay Lightning fans – so there's like actually a pretty good contingent for uh, listeners of this podcast cheering for the Stanley Cup. So hopefully we'll get it going. But how are you doing? How's your weekend been?
0: Doing great. Uh, it's kind of a cold, uh, very gloomy day here in Colorado. So I'm, I'm actually drinking. If we're doing beer of the pod, i yes, do let's beer of the pod real quick. I've um, got my my koozie here, but bittersweet Imperial Coffee Stout by Left Hand Brewing Co. So
1: See, I love hearing that. I actually, so again, it's on the cooler side, but it's in the 80s. So I have Low Life Pilsner from Pathlight Brewing here in Shawnee. It's not one of the breweries that are less than a mile from my house, but it's only two miles from my house. Again, Johnson County, especially Shawnee, I think currently has four breweries, about to be five, then just, you know, a couple miles away in Mission, I was at one with Uh, The designer of all of our graphics, uh, Will Dubois, also known. Actually, I don't know if he wants me. Never mind. Will. We've talked about Will before. Um, Shout out to Will. Yeah, shout out to Will. He's the man. So I I was there. So I've gotten to hit up a handful of Johnson County breweries this week. Originally, we were going to do a beer exchange associated with this. But when I got back from Hawaii, all the work, it was going to take me way. I was not going to be able to get it to you on time. So that will be coming at some point this summer. I absolutely love it. Let me ask you just a couple of questions and then we're going to get into the bonehead questions because I want to know a little bit more about you. What was your path to becoming a Wildcat fan? Just kind of walk me through your fandom.
0: Yeah, so it kind of started when I was about six years old. My parents got uh, season tickets. My grandparents really got season tickets. Uh, on the east side and and started going to games as a six six-year-old, seven-year-old. So it was like the 98, 99 season. Really great time to become a fan uh, and start going to games for sure. Um, but yeah, my mom was a K-State alum, so kind of got the fandom from her. And it's just been passed through the family from then, but but have been die hard, purple, you know, yeah, I guess it's what, like 15, 20. I don't, I don't know. Math is hard, but it's been it's been a long time now. <laughs> For sure. And then were you at, did you graduate or did you go to K-State? Did you
1: graduate from K-State? Yeah.
0: Yeah, So I I went to K-State. I think we overlapped like at least three years, but I I went in 2011 and graduated 2015.
1: Yeah. So, so I was one year in front of you. So great time to be there. I wonder if we cross paths, like in the student section, Aggieville, I'm sure.
0: uh, I'm sure we did at some point. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm sure it's funny how those things work. And then the question I've asked everyone else who's been on the show how did you originally find Bosco's boys? What was your path to becoming a bonehead? And do you have a favorite episode?
0: Yeah, I remember when I moved to Denver, it was in 2018. And that was right around the time that we were about to make that tournament run for the Elite Eight. And noticed I was on my way to work. I was sitting at the train station uh, at, at one of the stations nearby uh, on my way to work one morning and noticed that I, this Scott Wildcat guy who I'd, I'd seen on Twitter, Uh, over the years, but had never really like paid super, super close attention to but you see you see tweets from K state community all the time from random various posters. saw a tweet about a, a podcast that he was starting up and and really have been listening, not, not since the very, very first episode, but I think pretty shortly thereafter, um, but really got into it in 2018 during the football season in, in Snyder's last year when we were starting to kind of wind into a coaching search and, and wind down the Bill Snyder era. So um, really got into it at that point in time and started becoming a regular question asker and things like that. But uh it's it's been fun and and i appreciate everything that you and and also grant have done to to build this community because it's been fun to be a part of
1: yeah and i was just reminded today in in the wonderful world that is k-state message boards i was reminded once again today of that 2018 football season and how grant and i talked about bill snyder so it's funny how those early episodes uh you're probably going to stick with me, and it's, it's the reason a handful of folks uh, don't like me. So it's, it's funny how, <laughs> you know, four 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 and a half years later, that's still what they're talking about. But uh, we're going to jump into it. And again, I want to give a shout out to you. You have been a member who shows up on the live shows quite frequently during football season and in this off season. And we're going live Wednesday at 7 p.m. Again, ColorCast, it is the place to be. Folks, buckle up because we're about to hit a period where we have seen shows coming at a rate that we have never done on Bosco's voice. We're going to keep the live shows going. I'm going to do my best to not start, but we're going to have blitz month in August, but I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to call in July, but I think we're going to have an episode every single weekday in July. We're going to be talking to folks who cover the opponents. We're going to get a couple interviews. We're going to have a regular Uh, weekly live shows we're gonna have the regular Monday shows so we are going to hopefully be giving you guys five episodes a week in July I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say this hopefully it doesn't get me in any trouble hopefully they're not already already listening but what it is June 26th right now I'm gonna say not in seven days but 14 days in 14 days on July 10th just keep an eye on Twitter. Just keep an eye and an ear on the show. Just, I'm saying circle July 10th on your calendar because I think something fun is going to drop on Twitter that day. So just stay tuned. Now, with that said, get all the boneheads all riled up. I love this one. We're starting very strong from Roly Poly Coley's Twitter account, Coley Dove on Colorcast. What's your favorite type of craft beer, favorite... Or favorite type of craft beer, favorite craft beer, and favorite brewery. So style, and then the exact beer, and then brewery. I, I'm guessing it's not going to be the same for all three, but I'm curious. What's your favorite style?
0: Yeah, and shout out to Cole. We were in the same uh, MassCom 110 class our freshman year at uh, at K State. But I love that. Yeah. I love Coley, that. Coley Dove. Yeah, we've we've stuck together for quite some time now. Love Coley um, Dove. Favorite type of craft beer, like. It, it, it changes for me because lately it's been more pilsners, lagers, more of the German style, Czech style, um, just because as, as I get older, the IPAs, they get heavy and, and the pale ales and stuff. It's just a lot. Um, but I do still love my go to is a good session IPA. Um, my favorite craft beer like the actual beer itself would be the Marco IPA from Zilker Brewing Co. That's in Austin, Texas. Um, And then probably like a second runner up would be the Tropical Snow Dance, which is uh, uh, it's from Platt Park Brewery here in Denver. But those are two of probably my favorite beers themselves. And then if we're going favorite brewery, I have two different categories. I feel like when you're talking about breweries, you've either got really good beer and a really crummy atmosphere or a really good atmosphere and really crummy beer and sometimes like you're trying to find the best of both worlds. And so if I'm going with best like atmosphere with a really solid beer, it's going to be a curveball but it's called Comanche Creek Brewing and it's in Eagle Nest, New Mexico. Uh, my parents-in-law, they, they live in a cabin down in New Mexico and, and we go there as often as we can. We're going to go there this Wednesday as well, um, but looking forward to going to the brewery down there. It's just got beautiful, beautiful scenery of the mountains and the valley and stuff down there and, and really solid beer. It's not the best beer on the planet, but it's a great atmosphere and it's a great view. Um, I would say the best combination of like really great beer and really great atmosphere is called Outer Range, and that's in Frisco, Colorado. So if you're headed out to ski resorts or even if you're just, you know, going out in the summer and, and getting some hiking and stuff in, it's right off of I-70. It's a beautiful brewery, again, with great views, great atmosphere, uh, and just really, really good beer. Um, so that would probably be my answer for a type of beer, the actual beer itself, and then, and then breweries.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm kind of with you. Um, I used to be like big time stout guy and you can get some lower ABV stouts, uh, but really the one constant for me through my entire craft beer drinking has been Saison's. I like, you know, they're crispy. They are a little higher ABV, but you know, that's the dangerous part. They can sneak up on you. They can really hit you pretty quick. Uh, and and I, I love those. But again, everyone who follows me knows, you know, pumpkin boy seasons right around the corner. So, yeah, the pumpkin beers will be coming. Um, my favorite beer. Again, if you're talking about like mass distributed tank seven, I mean, it's, it's hard to beat. Um, and then here, here's the thing about me. Um, I go to all sorts of breweries, but I'm I want to try everything. So it's hard for me to like zero in on like one where I'm going to all these different places because it's just like, Oh, I want to try everything. I, I want to try your flight guy. Yeah. I, well, I, except for it's not flights. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the full pour. Uh, so that's not great, but I, one that I, I'm just obsessed with and I think they discontinued it. Uh, you know, they, they had a tropical IPA. That was something that Boulevard did. But if, if I want to get down to one of my, you know, favorite spots, um, down in the crossroads, so double shift. Their tessellation IPA is just one of my favorites. I I, I love that. The Slacktivist saison over at Casual Animal, pretty good. Um, and then if you want something that is sessionable, so just down the street, um, the Homies Heaven. So it was like a Belgian table beer, which again it, it was a little higher ABV. It was like in the fives, so it's a little high for a Belgian table beer, but great flavor. Perfect. Cause I had it like on a 96 degree day in Kansas. So that was down <laughs> at transport, which is just right down the road. So th- that's how I'd answer those again. I I, I don't try many beers more than once. So that, that, that's tough for me.
0: I do love casual animal. That's a good combination of like great beer and great atmosphere for sure.
1: And I love the crossroads because again, you know, it has that just up the road city barrel, some great stuff, plus food double shift, Red Sash Brewing just went in where, uh, oh man, why am I blanking on it? So it used to be right next door to Double Shift. They moved up the road. Um, I should know it. It's owned by K-Stater. Wow. I feel (laughs) bad about forgetting this, Uh, but but it doesn't, there's so many breweries down there and and someone will tweet at me what that one was, but they just moved. Just a lot of stuff down there in the crossroads. I love the crossroads. That's the only downside of me working from home. I used to work near downtown near the crossroads so i used to be there all the time but uh great stuff down there uh this one specifically for you from king joel three will you be changing your twitter account name since there's going to be a new commissioner in the big 12
0: no i will not be changing it um maybe in the future i don't know but i've, I've kind of settled on bob trollsby it's it's sticking around for a while
1: it's great all right uh evan d shanelina lana 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 lack i love evan evan's one of my favorites How big of an effect do you think these three uh, items are having on the uptick in football recruiting name image likeness Colin Klein is OC or the pop or and the possibility of playing with Avery Johnson so what do you think about those three.
0: So I, it's interesting because I think about NIL and I think about it now versus a year ago when like the Supreme Court decision and stuff happened. I think it's more so leveled the playing field. Whereas a year ago, I think the concern was there's going to be way more disparity in in college football or even college basketball than there, than there was before. And we were already getting to a place where there is, you know, four teams that kind of rotate in and out of the college football playoff every year. But I feel like it's, it's leveled the playing field more so than added to any disparity. Um, we're going to get to a point where it's going to end up being more regulated at some point. And I think because of the Nigel Pack thing, we're going to see fewer situations like that and more situations like Deuce Vaughn, Felix, Aoka Lee, like the Manhattan NIL club that just came out, where that money is there, but it's also being more distributed equally across the entire team as opposed to just zeroing in on one player and one player alone. Um, but again, we'll like again, Deuce and Felix and Aoka, they've got pretty good deals, but they're not, you know, making seven figures necessarily, but they're, they're valued and and they're, they're getting that money. Um, whereas maybe they would, maybe they would get it if they went to like a UT or an OU, but maybe not because they're, they're kind of a big fish in a small pond. And I think there's value in that in a town like Manhattan. Um, the money's there. I think it's a plus, uh, especially when we're thinking about some of the bigger impact things where, we think about conference realignment, we think about like the SEC Big Ten mega conference and some of these kind of far fetched things that maybe aren't that far fetched that could come in the future. I think it is super helpful for at least the time being to have NIL because, again, it's leveling the playing field, it's creating more parity um, and, and taking away, you know, it, it just gives us a leg, a leg up, I feel like, Um with Colin Klein as offensive coordinator, or do we want to go in each three and then bounce off? Or? No,
1: it, it, we actually we'll, we'll do that. My, my thoughts on NIL cool. for this specific football class, I think it is 100% a net positive because Dylan Edwards, Avery Johnson, uh, Davis, you know, all these guys, that, well, BB, all the, all of them that, all the Kansas kids, they are going to be able to maximize their NIL more at K State than they will at or any of these other places. I'm pretty sure that they, at least if Avery Johnson comes and Dylan Edwards, who's already in the fold, I'm pretty sure they have close to, if not around six figures and NIL money already kind of set aside. They're going to be able right. to maximize that. If Dylan Edwards were to, were to go to Oklahoma, they might like be one of those teams that have like, oh, $30,000 for every player. Like, But he's not going to get up to that next level. And uh, I'll say this, Aoka has some national deals. You say none of them are at seven figures. She might not be at seven figures yet, but she's really close. I think she has yeah. a national deal with Dix, like Bose, uh, TurboTax, or one of those tax companies. Like she has some pretty big national deals. So if she's not there, she's close, and she is the leader and nil and i think skyler was close and deuce was close but if you're a national name you can get to that seven figure market. Yeah. case k-state
0: yeah for sure
1: for sure All right, so what do you think about colin klein
0: um i mean just watching watching the bowl game obviously i feel like that's kind of the cop-out answer but it's it's a fresh face it's a new way of doing things like I'm not hip to the times as a 29, 30 year old guy uh, with all these Gen Z, these zoomers running around who are way cooler than anything that I I'm ever going to do or are doing. Um, But someone who's in their thirties is going to connect more with 18 year olds than a 55 year old dude from Northern Iowa. And that, and that's just, that's just the way it's going to work. Like he's not Nick Saban, but you know, he's just, he's not going to connect as well with 18 to 22 year olds in the way that like Uh, Colin Kleinwood, who was a lot of these players were like 10 years old when he was a Heisman finalist and he was taking K-State to within a game of the national championship. So he has that name recognition. He has that notoriety and he has, I guess, kind of the youth and the coolness factor that someone like Courtney Messingham doesn't have. Um, And again, I I don't want to knock mess too much, but I just I think Klein has that swagger he's not the swaggiest guy on the planet, but he's got more swagger than Courtney Messingham does is what I'm trying to get at.
1: I think actually the biggest thing is the, at least perception that they're going to change the way things are going to play. If if you're playing the slowest pace in power five football, that's less snaps, less touches for a lot of folks. So I think at least perceived that it's going to be faster. It's going to be spread out a lot more. I think that has a bigger deal than just Klein being young because the type of person Colin Klein is, I mean, he is a deeply religious man. He's not yeah. hip. He's not doing TikTok dances. He was he was the quote unquote big man on campus, but that is not the lifestyle he lives. So yeah. I don't think it's as much that, as much as, hey, yes, there's some name recognition. Everyone saw him, you know, go to New York for the Heisman ceremony. And then the perception that, you know, it's going to be quicker. It's going to be a different offense. So th- that that's at least my take on Colin Kong. He is, you know, he, he knows the people in Colorado, so. Uh, he we'll sure see. does. Yes, he does. We'll, we'll see if he can bring home a couple Colorado kids again. Then the final one was, what's the possibility of playing with Avery Johnson? I, I know from my point of view, I think that's going to play a big role with every single skill position player they bring in on offense because he has that personality. Blue chip players and big time players want to play with other big time players. So if you get a guy like that, was vocal about trying to get in with other folks, I think that's a big deal. And some folks might point to like Jake Rubley and how we didn't see that with him. The one thing I'll say for that is that was also a COVID year where people weren't traveling around to camps. You weren't crossing paths with people on visits. So I, I know that all this excitement and hope around Avery Johnson's kind of almost turned some fans into this, well, what the fuck was up with Jake Rubley? I think everyone needs to just remember everything that was going around during the time of him committing.
0: And Jake Rubley also wasn't an Elite Eleven finalist for whatever that's worth. And yeah, and that, I don't know if they is, were doing Elite Eleven at that point well, in time with COVID, so but I don't know if Elite Eleven happened, but he got screwed
1: because at his qualifier camp, he actually had the highest scores and then they picked someone underneath him. I remember being really mad about that, but you <laughs> know.
0: But, yeah, I mean, we're already seeing it with Dylan Edwards where he's recruiting as much as our as what seems like our recruiting staff is Um, for some of these guys, whether it's on Twitter or or FaceTime with Avery. um, But you get a guy like Avery Johnson, to your point, elite players want to play with elite players. And if if all goes well for him at elite 11, even better yet. Um, obviously i feel like there's still kind of the risk that potentially he decommits and gets a better offer from another school but but that's not to say that we've already built that relationship and we have that with him um and that says a lot again kind of to what dylan was saying in the in the press conference last week like are those are those programs calling him on christmas day type of thing um so that that relationship's been built and and at the end of the day like he's he's got a pretty good network around him and it it feels like he's fostering that with some of the players regionally um, with, I, and I forget the name of the player from is at least summit, the four-star yeah, wide receiver. Joshua Manning, Josh yep. Manning. Yeah. And, and we were already seeing it with him. So fingers crossed, I think it'll, it'll be a similar situation to Dylan where if he commits, he starts tweeting at players. He's starting to get guys into the fold and maybe even flips like a Joe wadding type of situation.
1: That would be amazing. I'm not holding my He's breath dead. on that one, but, but again, yeah, me <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, Evan asks, and this is a fun one. What is the longevity of all the current rostered quarterbacks um, beyond this year, beyond this year, Adrian Martinez gets drafted in the sixth round. Uh, so let's go with Will Howard. What happens after this year with Will Howard stay? We'll, we'll say we'll, we'll play this game, play bench
0: or transfer. I would play him at tight end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. It, 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 it. It's uh Oh man. Now I'm, again, spacing. I'm, I'm horrible. Uh, Holcomb. It's, it's the John Holcomb thing. All we need to do is see a video of him dunking on some poor dude at the red. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to play at quarterback next year, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll go with uh, Lewis play transfer or sit.
0: I, I don't know with him. I, I mean, he played, in what the Oklahoma state game, I think he popped into a couple games the season before
1: the, the Baylor uh, when game.
0: got hurt the first time. And I mean, I, I haven't seen enough from him to really want him to play at all. So I would say he either, and I guess it depends on how much eligibility he has left. Do you know how much eligibility? Yeah, so I, I
1: think with the COVID year, so last year, all the quarterbacks besides Skylar were technically freshmen. So he, okay. Man, and so it was his first no, because his his first year he redshirted, then he had the COVID, the free COVID year. So last year was a freshman. So he's coming into this year as a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore. So after this year, he could still play two years.
0: I would say venture transfer probably for for Lewis.
1: Yeah, he's the one who I have I have Jaron Lewis uh transferring and then Jake Rubley. Uh so he will have this is g- going to be his upcoming will be his. I think redshirt freshman year or no, that would have been last year.
0: Is a redshirt sophomore.
1: Yeah. Redshirt sophomore year.
0: Yeah. So same, I would, same
1: classification.
0: I think he <clears throat> obviously if Howard's going to be playing next year and isn't a tight end, um, he's probably going to be, it's probably going to be a quarterback battle between the two of them, knowing that we would have Avery, hopefully oh. knock on wood, <laughs> we would have Avery as a, as a true freshman at that point, And those are going to be the two guys it could be a three-way quarterback battle for all I know, but I, I, you know, I think Rubley has the talent. We just, we need to see it. We need to see it. We haven't really seen anything from him with the exception of some clips here or there and maybe like spring practice, which didn't happen this year uh, for the public one, like the big public one. But um, I, I say play him.
1: Yeah. I, I would like him to stay. I would like, if, if you're going to play one, I would play Howard. Even as much as I don't believe in him as a quarterback, I would, I would tell Lewis to transfer. I'd want to keep Rubley around. But in all reality, I think there's a very real chance we see two of those quarterbacks transfer out. Um, yeah. But again, they, they all seemingly like to be there. They like each other. They were on uh, Seth Porter's uh, YouTube channel all playing a golf tournament versus each other. Um, so they seemingly get along. So who knows what might happen. Um, we'll move on to Aggieville Alley Cat, Connor Balthasar. This is a fun one. How many cats do you think get drafted in 2023?
0: I mean, we have at least three, right? We've got Deuce, Felix, and and Cooper Beebe. But then the question I feel like becomes, okay, do you get Echo Boydo in there? Do you get Adrian Martinez in there? What does it look like beyond those three guys that I think are a sure thing for sure? Um, and then the question is also does Deuce stick around for a senior season or does he does he bounce for the draft after that maybe same same situation for Felix so I say at least three but beyond that I'm not totally sure
1: see I I think Felix and uh, I think Felix Cooper BB, and Deuce Vaughn all enter early and I think they all get drafted I think Adrian Martinez gets drafted I don't I, if Echo Boydo is getting drafted, that means he's coming out early. That means he has a great season. Same with Julius Brintz. I think yep. Brintz is older, so I think there might be a better chance he goes. Um, does Malik Knowles have a good season? Tesswell get in late, maybe. Um, you know, I don't think any of the safeties, unless you know Josh Hayes comes in, has a big year, gets drafted, one year gets drafted. I would set the over under at. Two and a half. I would probably set that two and a half, just in case some of those guys don't go out, but I think it's going to be three or four, maybe even yeah. five. Um, so we'll see. Um, assuming Colin is successful as an OC, do you think he would be a head coach somewhere else or remain as an offensive coordinator at his alma mater to pass up head coaching opportunities?
0: I, <clears throat> I think it would be cool for him to get a shot somewhere else if he, if he has that opportunity. Um, but the thing I keep the thing I keep coming back to is Kleiman isn't he's not a young whipper snapper himself. He's getting up there in age too. And so what what happens if Kleiman and Klein together over the next five years have just rock star team after rock star team and and what let's say we get a shot at a at a or we win a Big 12 championship, but let's say we get a shot beyond that. Um, who's to say that Kleiman doesn't just call it quits and say, Hey, I made the transition from FCS to FBS. I've, I've hit my, my goal that I set for myself and taking K-State to a national championship, like obviously very far-fetched, but, um, if that happens, do we make Colin Klein like a head coach, head coach in waiting? If the offense is doing what it needs to be doing, it could be an interesting thing to think about uh, because I don't think it's that far down the road. And you've got a guy like Lincoln Riley who steps up into that role for Bob Stoops at a similar point in time in, in his age and in his career. So it, it could be interesting to see what what could happen there. But, you know, if if he bounces and, and does a Scotty Hazleton and, and gets an opportunity somewhere else to do something else, I'm not going to hold that against him either necessarily.
1: Yeah. Famous last words, I'm sure. But if he is successful, I don't see him bouncing for another offensive coordinator job. Um, I can't remember who Colorado state just hired, but I, I, I think it is. I can't remember, but I think maybe that's a job that maybe he goes up to say uh, I mean, I don't even know what another viable one might be. I mean, anything in the American like, if Tulane came to him, I don't know if they would go to him. But, you know, Colorado keeps sputtering. There are jobs I think he would take. I don't think he'd leave for another offensive coordinator job. But you also can't wait for your shot to be a head coach if you're it, – like, it may never come at K-State. So, yeah. he, he, I think he, if he is successful, which, again, we need to see what happens. But if he's successful, I think he takes a head coaching job elsewhere. Um, but, again, that's the dream, right? Kline gets it rolling for 10 years. Klein is the offensive coordinator that entire time. And then, you know, he goes off to the sunset and Klein just goes in. Like, that's the dream scenario. So,
0: yeah, for sure. We'll and it's Jane Orville. He's the, he's the CSU head coach. Okay, the guy from yeah. Nevada. Yes, yes, yes. Platform.
1: Yes, yeah. 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 Again, and everyone's like, well, why did they do that? I think folks don't realize how much Colorado State invests in their football program versus what Nevada was doing, even though they're in the same conference. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I actually think Jay Norvell was going to do really well there. So, Colin's going to have to wait a while if he's going to go to Colorado Springs. Right? Colorado Springs, I think. Fort Collins. Fort Collins. Fort Collins. Okay. Woof. That's bad <laughs> on me. Final one from Connor. How many four-stars will be in this 2023 football recruiting class? For the sake of this, let's say best-case scenario. So, Dylan Edwards is only a four-star, 247, a very highly ranked uh, four-star. So, let's just say everyone's best rankings. How many do we end up with?
0: I think it kind of depends on Johnson and and with Edwards if he if he gets upgraded in rivals at at whatever point then I think we will take call just highest
1: up. so we'll, we'll count Edwards in the fold right now since he is with two four
0: seven highest highest um I I don't know man I think we we've already had a few four stars on campus um I would say if if it's best case scenario and I'm thinking about just the number of guys that we've had on campus already for visits, official or unofficial or otherwise, my hope would be like we could have four, four stars in this roster for this, for this class. And that would be, that would be crazy. Um, But it's, it's likely at this point. Yeah.
1: I I would say if you're, you're saying what is the most likely number, I would say three, but I'm saying it could be five or six because, say you get Avery Johnson, say you get Lane from Arizona, say you get Joshua Manning, say you get Joe Jackson, the running back down in Florida. Jackson right on the razor's edge of being a rivals four-star. Davis is already on the razor's edge. Have a good senior season. Some of those guys could get upgraded. So I would say the the hope is at least three, the ceiling, five, maybe six. Um, So I think it'll be somewhere around there. Uh, We'll get to the good chef, Andre Napier we'll see if either one of us, uh, want to answer this question. Who are you really? And what do you do? I know I'm keeping the secret day job secret. Uh, you're going through, I think a career change or something changing. I don't know if you want to share anything. We might just have to say, sorry, chef. You, you don't get to know.
0: <laughs> I sorry. am. I am fun employed currently. Um, in between two jobs, but I've, I've already accepted another offer before I, before I left the last one, but, uh, let's just say I manage a team of people that work in uh, tech and it's post-sales. So we we work with, you know, supporting and selling into existing customer bases.
1: There you go. Uh, SL Keck getting in here. Uh, what is your favorite non-K-State podcast? What's yours?
0: Mine is Times Hours with Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, and Seth Kaiser I, uh, from The Athletic.
1: I, I love Times Hours. That's a, that's a very good one um that's probably my favorite chiefs one uh but my favorite i mean i had some beef with them had a lot of beef with them this time last well almost this time last year but the solid verbal um i think they do a good job uh i did not like the way they talked about realignment but you know it is what it is i like solid verbal a lot um i listen to a ton of podcasts uh i i really like business wars um because I listen to a lot, politics, news, history, business, business wars, and uh, Ameri- or, uh, American scandal. Lots of good stuff in the One Dream Network. So I love nice. podcasts. Uh, oh, gosh. And I, and I just unliked it. I know Steve also asked, this one will be for you before. as I uh, try to go back and find it. What's your all-time favorite album? Because I know he gets super disappointed when I just say, I don't really listen to music. And then I say songs about Jane from Maroon 5. So
0: (laughs) mine. So I have always loved a lot of different genres. I kind of grew up on classic rock. I grew up up also on like the 90s and 2000s pop music that was around. But if I have to think back of just what was even my favorite concert that I've seen of all time, it was Kanye West. And my favorite album of all time is probably Graduation by Kanye West.
1: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, set the over-under combined Big 12 titles for K-State football and men's basketball in the next five years. I, I think this is a very easy over-under, like, to set set it at. I think it is easy to set it at
0: 0.5. At 0.5? I yeah, was going to set it at 2.5, but maybe I'm whoa. crazy. Oh
1: <laughs> Hey, see, you're feeling, like, if you just look at history, has there ever been a time, like in a five-year period, where it is, well, I so I guess there, there's the one year we won two and one year, but outside of that, has there ever, like if you set it at one, you know, I, I don't like setting anything at just one. That sucks. Be I that. don't want to push. I want a point five. So is that the only time, like 1.5, I think the only time, I guess, did, did Bruce's second one come with, no, it didn't. It didn't come within that five. So again, the only time we have ever seen it, ever seen it, it was two in one year. And that almost never happens. And here you are setting it at 2.5. So you are thinking Kleiman's about to either rip off a few, or you're thinking that, you know, you're buying into Rodney Perry or something with K-State basketball. What is it? What, what will the distribution be? Why are you thinking
0: 2.5? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this year for football. Um, I'm thinking, if we're, we're looking at five years, right? So if we're, if we're setting that as the limitation, it probably takes three to four years to get a really good solid basketball roster, but it could be sooner than that too. And so if Tang is the coach that we think he is, I think he could compete for a big 12 title within two to three years, as opposed to, you know, one, one year, it's not going to happen. Five years, it could happen. But if we, if we get, you know, this year in football, you know plan out five years we potentially get one in basketball and then we potentially get another one in football with like an Avery Johnson Dylan Edwards core team you know four or five years from now um because again I was I was kind of thinking about your tweets of okay imagine you've got Avery Johnson thrown it to Tyler Lockett <laughs> November 20th 2025.
1: <laughs> First off I love doing those tweets um but I, I and I I get it I I think you know I think you're going to be a, if it was how many years are we going to be contending for titles? I, I think two and a half. Yeah, I think that's good. I I'm mean,
0: being aggressive I, on it, I, and sure. I like that.
1: I like that. I, I think I'm almost getting a little too jaded. I've been in the I've been in the yeah. game a little too long. Uh, but say we get one this year, I think we're going to get another one. So you know, it, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, everyone should tune in on Wednesday. I have our new best friend, Shehan Jeo raja jay raja I, I hit i hit it way better when i actually talked to him bonads are gonna be like shit scott almost like he got like a b plus you know uh saying his name so I, I had that conversation with him uh and he's a high on the cats he doesn't have us in arlington but he has us right there so everyone should listen uh still with the good chef ea sports brings back ncaa what is your favorite mode for me it's not even close i only play dynasty i don't do anything except for dynasty mode.
0: And I do not play video games, but the only time I ever had NCAA football was NCAA 2005 on GameCube with Larry Fitzgerald on the cover. And the new feature in that one was home field advantage, where if you're playing at home, it makes it hard to hear the audibles and stuff. So I would hope that they continue that forward. Um, But just being realistic, like I think the thing that would be the coolest is just having the kids names in there because um, I remember going in and manually plugging yep, in all yep. the all the player names like going through the media guide and filling out the roster uh, and matching it up with the different numbers that they had in there uh, so it would just be nice for for everybody out there to not have to do that manually
1: I love it the good chef asked what is the biggest false rumor you could remember about k- State sports
0: this is a tough one because I feel like everything I was thinking about was coaching searches and the thing I kept coming back to was, I don't know, Doug Gottlieb. That was a strange one. It that wasn't, wasn't really like a false rumor like, though. Like he was campaigning for it. If there was smoke there and he yeah. was, he was campaigning for it himself. And then I, I think about Brad, there was smoke there. I think about Brent, there was smoke there maybe in 2016. Um, Gary Patterson in 06. Like I, I think back to some of those different moments and I, I don't know that I can't really think of a false rumor necessarily so much as there were rumors that maybe had some, grain of truth to them potentially and none of them ever came to fruition but i i can't really think of like a false rumor necessarily
1: the, the one that i i think of and i know it is false and it, it like took on a life of its own was the whole bob stoops was buying land out uh near culvert hills to build a house uh so so that was a good one so that is the that's the one i come back to and then again like i think it I want folks to tweet in, tweet at us like false rumors. You guys remember, because I'm in the same boat. It's like, okay, just like coaching search. Like there's no way to actually verify if it was false or not. And right, almost every coaching search rumor, there are legs to it. Either contact had been made or the agent for that coach was trying to get their name in there. So there's that. This is one thing I'm going to say. I was in school during the, uh, uh, during the, search that ended with, uh, Bruce and you were too. Yeah. I was in Bramlage Coliseum walking around. Um, I'm not going to say why, um, while the coaching search was still going, I saw Larry Brown walking around with John Curry inside Bramlage during that coaching search. So that is wow. something, I don't know if I've ever seen on this podcast. I don't know if I tweeted it out. I don't know if I ever put it on message boards, but I saw Larry Brown inside Bramlage with John Curry, while that coaching search was going.
0: Did he end up taking a job at SMU SMU, or something after that? Yes.
1: Or maybe he was there after one year, but I saw it with my own two eyes. So there's that. It's been a lot of years. I'm okay doing that, saying that out here. Chef asks, if you had to choose one of these three hairstyles for the rest of your life, what are you rocking with? Mullet, cornrows, or bald? Easily bald, even though I guarantee my fat head, like, would not take to bald very well but cornrows hell no mullet no so it has to be bald
0: so little does chef know i've rocked two of the three just in the past two years alone i had a mullet during covid so all of 2020 like from march 2020 through december i had a mullet and then once i got you know it was right around the new year i decided okay i'm done with the mullet i'm gonna buzz it down so I buzzed it down and like basically everything on the top of my head was so thin that it was just not worth retaining at that point. So, so you are I, a member of the K-State Sexy Ball Club. I sure am. I sure am. Yeah. So I've, I've been bald ever since and I'm never going back. But um, if I had an option, it'd be bald because that's what I have today.
1: <laughs> I, and I honestly think of those three, at least for me and for you as well. I I don't. I don't, not, not to bring race into it. I don't think white guys can rock cornrows. I like, know. I don't even think that is a viable option. No. I cringe anytime I see it. <laughs> uh, Colorado Cole, the Cole Hager asks, when am I making a trip out to Denver? I love Denver. Um, I haven't been out there in a while, but I used to go every time sporting played uh, the Rapids used to go all the time. So I, I need to make it happen. Uh, you know, you're out in that area. Cole's out there. Cali Mike seems like he's in Colorado, like every month or so.
0: I mean, he's there right now, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah he is. So we're going to have to make that happen. The good chef, what's the closest you've ever been to dying?
0: This is like, I couldn't even think of an answer for this because I feel like I've never been in a near-death situation. So the, the answer I came up with was when I was living in Austin, I had started on some new medication that said, you're not supposed to drink on it. But I drank on it anyway, and that was a really bad decision. But let's just say the, the night ended with me being carried into my apartment. Um, but I was fine the next day and I've been fine ever since. But it was just one of those things where, like, hey, PSA to the crowd, don't ever mix medication with with drinking if you're not supposed to. Um, but that's probably the closest. Like, I don't know, I've got my car hit by a windshield, by a rock in the windshield before, but that's really like that wasn't a near-death experience. I couldn't really think of anything. Yeah, I drove
1: like an asshole when I was in high school. I had a Pontiac Grand Prix GT that I got. I drove on the highway. And I got up to 130 miles an hour. I didn't like almost wreck. I was just going like way too, like I could smell smoke all of a sudden, all the lights inside, like the car started flashing. I'm like, Oh, probably should slow down to a hundred, you know? So that was <laughs> bad. Like the car, like maybe almost blew up. And then also I drove through like in an ice storm in that Grand Prix in high school, I kind of lost control, ended up in someone's front lawn and went through a tree. It wasn't a mm-hmm. very big tree. Uh, I mean, the car still drove afterwards. I mean, it, it got damaged pretty good. I, and, you know, I lied about it too. Um, but, you know, parents always find out. So uh, that that's just driving like an asshole in high school. Like, honestly, they should go. probably like change the driving age to 18.
0: <laughs> I mean, in, in Germany, I think the driving age is 18, but the drinking age is 16. Like you oh, learn your limits <laughs> first and then you learn how to drive afterwards.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's stupid, but it is what it is. Um, The Cole Hager, Colorado Cole asks, would you rather have a water park or a roller coaster on slash around Bill Snyder family stadium? I think this is maybe the easiest question we were asked, but I'm curious what your answer would be.
0: I think the answer is roller coaster because it'd be more multi-purpose because a water, you're not going to have a water park in the winter that in Manhattan. No, that's not going to work out. So if you're trying to get revenue for the NIL collective that you're donating the proceeds for the roller coaster for, um, I think you want it to be an all season, all weather type of type of concept. So I I would say roller coaster. I think it would be kind of
1: not kind of, I think it'd be really cool if all of a sudden there was just like this big old roller coaster, you pay five bucks to ride in, it's like going around the stadium, you know, over Bramlage or you know, right over the baseball fields, you know,
0: science.
1: Yeah. I actually think that is a great idea. We should probably make it happen. Uh, The good chef is back. Grits. Yay or nay? Yay. I don't think I've ever had good grits.
0: So no, like shrimp and grits can be solid. Go to a good Cajun place.
1: Okay. I'll go to jazz Louisiana kitchen, which is probably the the high of uh, Cajun food in Kansas city. (laughs) We have a lot of good, and I'm sure there's a good Cajun place, but, you know, that's not a lot, like, at least I'm not aware of it. Everyone, anyone in the Kansas City metro, tweet at me the best Cajun restaurant. Uh, what is the most embarrassing thing you did while in college?
0: It was probably dancing on the tables at Rusty's on my 22nd birthday, which Rusty's doesn't exist anymore. It's now Yard Bar. Um, I didn't have any dance moves at that point in time. I still don't have any dance moves today. Um, like going back to the earlier conversation, I, I have zero, I'm not hip at all. Um, but yeah, that was probably it. I mean, for me, it, I, I mean, I was, I was a dance floor guy
1: and thinking back to I was like, oh my God, if, if I had a dollar for probably every time some rando, like saw drunk Scott Wildcat on the dance floor, making fun of me, I probably would be a rich man. Uh, I was just trying to have a good time, but I'm I'm sure I embarrassed myself. I also fell on ice a handful of times on campus hmm. uh, and people probably saw that. So I think those are, that's really it. Nothing to actually, no, I take it back. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but I'm like enough years removed from this, that that's like, I feel okay telling this on the podcast. So the central Florida game, I, so I think that was the year before you were there, the big rain delay game. This is, like the cringiest thing I've ever done in my entire, like literally my entire life. I stood through that entire thing, the entire rain delay with my girlfriend at the time. And we were that PDA cup. We were making out in this freaking tornado storm. And again, not <laughs> that many people stuck around through all that, but it like thinking back to it now, I sometimes want to forget about it because it is the cringiest thing in the world. Like through the entire thing, just stupid 18-year-old kids so dumb so i'm throwing that out there it was super cringe and i'm gonna regret saying this on the podcast thousands of people hearing me say this i hope her husband doesn't still listen to this and she doesn't he doesn't i support it either way i I mean it's whatever it's whatever uh yeah so it it was i'm very cringe. i i did share that but that's the cringiest thing and most embarrassing thing i've maybe done my entire life so we'll move on from that (laughs) <laughs> Ema Elvis, of the guys on the roster right now, who will be the leading scorer for Tang's 2022-23 team?
0: I feel like this is a tough one because the natural answer would be, oh, it's going to be Marquise or Ish because they're the two guys that are returning. But I, I think it's probably going to be like Desi Sills. I think he comes with a lot of good experience and he's one of the more relatively high scorers that we're bringing in from outside. Um, but that, that would probably be my answer is Desi Sills. I think that's a good one. I'm going
1: with Tomlin, though. I'm going to say Tomlin coming in from JC. Again, tough to project, but a lot of smart basketball folks really like what he can do on the offensive side. So I'm going with Tomlin. I'm going to say Marquise is number two, and Desi is going to be number three. Uh, CJ Kirsch, again, one of the big-time inside football season live show guys. Uh, he has this. I have one negative question and one positive question. Negative question. How long before some people on K-State Twitter say fire Klein as offensive coordinator? I think it'll happen in the first game.
0: I was going to say, I think it, it takes one loss. All it's going to take is one loss for people to get pissed off at Klein because, I don't know, he has one one bad offensive outing potentially and people get pissed off and, and start tweeting about it. I
1: think if we were to go three and out on that very first drive, people would be tweeting fire Klein.
0: Agreed. The very yeah. first one.
1: <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> the, the, the positive one. How do you think the offense will look under Klein? What stays the same? What will look different?
0: We talked about this a little bit earlier. Obviously, they're going to be spreading out the ball a little bit more, and and we saw it in the bowl game. Um, It's going to be different. I don't think that holistically it's going to be as different or as fundamentally, you know, juxtaposed to what Messingham was doing as people maybe would want it to be. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be different. It's going to be faster paced. It's going to be spread out. We're going to have some weapons um, and we're going to have a guy in Adrian Martinez, who's going to be a dual threat. And and I'm excited for that. And it's not to say that Skyler wasn't a dual threat, but Adrian really like he's, he's quick, he's speedy. And, and I think we're going to see more um, of like the Colin Klein offense from 2012 with more of the, the throwing capability that Adrian Martinez has, um, so I'm excited. I don't think a ton's going to change, but I think enough is going to change to where people are going to be excited, and it's not going to be the stale offense that people were frustrated with with Messingham.
1: Yeah, I think different. You're going to see some different type of play calls, but the the concepts are going to be the same. Yeah. Um, so, and I think it'll be a little bit quicker. Again, I think people are going to think it's going to be quicker than it actually is. Um, I'm going to say this. I hope the points per possession or the points per drive are the same. Because again, people hate me saying this, but if you look at points per per drive, and I understand he shit the bed in some very important moments, but if you look at points per drive, the Messingham offense was one of the most efficient offenses in the Big 12. So if we are able to pick up the pace a little bit and have some better in the game calls and some big moment calls with the same efficiency on offense, then Colin Klein will be a head coach. And I think it'll be... Quick because if he's able to do that uh and with a little bit of pace, he's going to be thought of very highly for sure. All right, we got a lot from Cali Mike coming up. The first one specifically for you. What was the best thing you experienced during your visit to San Francisco two weeks ago?
0: It was getting beers with Cali Mike. Um, again, kind of shout out to you, Scott, and, and Grant, for building this community. But like I, I wouldn't have met Cali Mike if it wasn't for the live shows and and being being part of that stuff. So it was really cool meeting him and, and getting beers with him. And, and he told me a few spots to, to hit up while I was there, but um, yeah, we have a lot in common and, and turned out to be a really, really good experience. So I'm going to say it was getting beers with Callie Mike. Yeah. Mike Mike's
1: awesome. Big fan of Mike. Um, would you rather OU and Texas leave the big 12 early, pay a fine or stick around to be laughed at?
0: I'd stick around to be laughed at a thousand percent. Like I, I have a vested interest in this because I married a Longhorn fan. So the more laughs that I can get out over the next few years, the better, obviously.
1: Yeah, I I think ultimately that is what is best for the conference, as long as they don't turn around and win the next two Big 12 championships in football. OU wins both of them, or they split it, or even if Texas gets one, that will kind of suck. But I mean, it'll be great if Oklahoma has to go to Cincinnati and lose, and Houston beats Texas and BYU sweeps them. You know, it's kind of building up those new brands as the old ones leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Is a prolific Koozie in the Wild uh, poster. uh, Poster. What are some ideas for future Bonehead Koozie designs and how quickly can we get them? Glad he asked that question. Everyone stay tuned. This is not the July 10th announcement I was teasing, but we will have our new... I'm not even going to say it. We have a fun new Bosco's Boys logo that will be the next uh, koozie design. So stay tuned on that one. Just stay tuned. I'm not going to say anything else. Just stay tuned. Uh, this question might be moot by the time the episode airs, but who is the bigger get for K-State, Edwards or Randall? So Randall not in the fold. Edwards is in the fold. I would say this. I think it would be a bigger get if we got Randall because he is not really giving regional schools much play at all. Edwards was always entertaining K-State. He took a visit to KU. Even when it came down to it, his final three were K-State, Nebraska, KU. Randall was flirting with all these SEC schools. He was dead set seemingly on the SEC until we got him in for an unofficial. So if we were to win that, I think that recruitment, I think that would be a bigger win from my point of view. I, I, and I'm not good enough at evaluating talent to say who's going to be better or not, but I think that would be the bigger recruiting win. What What would you say to that?
0: I would agree with that also because Randall, isn't he a KU legacy? Didn't his dad play at KU, yeah. I think? So his
1: dad played at KU, then he left KU and went to Southern Illinois and was coached right. by Brian Anderson. Then his uncle was an Oklahoma State player.
0: Right. So we, so we had the legacy already with yeah. Dylan.
1: So we're, we're fighting kind of two other legacies with KU and Oklahoma state. And I yeah, don't think he's getting either of those schools cool. the time of day.
0: Yeah. Flipping that would be pretty cool. Um, granted again, if he's, if he's entertaining the sec, he probably wouldn't entertain KU or Oklahoma state at that point, but, um, you know, let's get both. I would love to get both and, and have both in the full because I, I, I forgot who was saying it on the live show this week, but, um, they're complementary backs. They, they can kind of have, I, I think, whoever was saying it, Randall can be more of like an RB1 and and do more of just, you know, pound it in. Um, and, and Dylan can be more of the all-purpose back who's filling in a wide out, doing screenplays, things like that um where he's a little bit more versatile can maybe sub in on some special teams type of stuff too and and get some Tyreek Hill you know bomb and and return it for a touchdown type of thing so um I think they're pretty complimentary it would be great to have them both but Randall I think would be a bigger win at least as far as just the recruitment has gone because it's kind of it's come a little bit not out of nowhere but it's not been to your point we haven't been involved with him since day one like we were with Dylan
1: Yeah, I I think that's perfect. And and they are complimentary. They can coexist, And I even think that they could coexist with Joe uh, uh, Johnson, Jackson. Gosh, I, again, horrible. Man, you'd think four years in this podcast would be better with the names, but (laughs) Joe Jackson out of Florida. uh, I think all three of them can coexist. I know everyone's like, Oh, are you really going to take three guys? Well, I, with, with the initial counter limit gone, I 100% believe those three can coexist together. So it's going to be interesting. And again, I believe in Brian Anderson. And again, Colin Klein, you know, he says, and everyone's saying he's going to be creative in getting playmakers the ball. So I think he can keep everyone happy.
0: Well, and, and to think about other schools too, like, Again, I hate to use Texas as an example, but they've got Arch Manning, they've got Quinn Ewers, and then they've got Hudson Card. Like those those guys are coexisting currently, or at least they will in 2023. So who's to say that that can't happen with running backs as well? Oh, for sure. School like K State. For so. sure. Yep. Callie
1: Mike asked me what was my best experience during my visit to Hawaii. Um, two of them really stick out. Uh, we got to go to a really cool coffee plantation. Uh, see, you know the coffee plants, the beans being. Uh, grown, walk through the roasting process, taste some of the coffee out there, uh, kind of learn about the volcanic soil and why you know the authentic Kona coffee is so great. And then uh, also got to visit the USS Arizona and Pearl Harbor. Um, I'm a big history guy. My brother's a history teacher. Um, both my parents love history. So being able to do that, they have a nice little museum out there and then going out to that memorial, uh very touching very somber but it is a cool place to visit and you get to take in a lot of history so those are the uh two things and then also like the luau like the final full night we were there I mean that was lit uh they kept just bringing drinks bringing drinks so you know it, it's a good time when you're throwing back you know more Mai Tais than you probably should so that was fun as well uh Evan Channel, Anilak Uh, I'm not sure if you've answered this before, but Who Writes, Sings comes up with the intro song. So that is one of Grant Copeland, or uh, Casey Grant, I've said his name before, but it's one of Grant's (laughs) buddies. We went to high school with him, Addison Shower. So that is him and his girlfriend. I think they're still together. I'm not sure. His girlfriend, and I won't won't say, because we've never said her name. We've said Addison's name before. Um, so I feel okay saying that. But I think his girlfriend's dad was once a beat writer for KU at the uh, at one of the papers in the area. So um, that, that kind of makes it funny. But yeah, it, it was one of Grant's friends. He's a comedic writer as well. Uh, they both sing and play instruments. So uh, Addison, shout out to him. Uh, he's a very creative guy. So he is the one who does that. And again, I think I said this to you. I've, I've said this to a lot of people. I've been playing the, uh, it's a K-State acapella group's version of the alma mater, but I'll open this up to all musicians, all bands. If you guys, because we're going to, the cat attack will come back during Blitz Month and when we win football games, but I like having a consistent outro. So if anyone wants to do a version of Wabash Cannonball, the K-State fight song, or the alma mater, slide in the DMs, send it to me, and I'll get it in the rotation. That goes for you, too, because you're a musician. I see see the stuff behind you,
0: so... I'm probably the only bonehead who's played a show at Red Rocks. So,
1: that I bet that is true. I that, bet that is true. Man, just tallying up the. I had you know, I
0: um, had the I had the the Bosco's the Boys merch on the sticker on yeah. yeah on stage with me. That was pretty oh, sick. That's amazing.
1: All right, that's a challenge to all the other boneheads. Play a show at Red Rocks. <laughs> send send us a picture if anyone else can match it. Who knows? Maybe we can have an entire like Bosco's Boys. You know, battle of the bands one of these days. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I have all these ideas. We'll see if they ever come to fruition. Uh, Evan, what players for any KSU team this past year locks for Rafter slash Ring of Honor slash whatever you call it for that specific sport? I actually think last football or last sports season we just wrapped it up. I think we saw legitimately on the women's side three players who could go down as one of, if not the greatest in their sports. Aoka Lee in women's basketball, we've had a lot of great ones, but she had the most dominant game of basketball this entire year. No one in Division I men's basketball, Division I's, Division One women's basketball, WNBA or NBA scored more points in a single game than her. Only two players, I think it was Harden, maybe KD, I can't remember the other one, even scored 60. So she's up there. Uh, Brooklyn Ents for women's soccer. Again, young program, but an All-American all at a program. So young, she, she'll go up there. And then Aaliyah Carter over at volleyball. All-American. She was a freshman All-American. She was unanimous All-Big 12. Again, one of the all-time best. Then I would say football, Deuce Vaughn, consensus All-American. So I would say there are four currently, or were, last sports season, four of them. So, yeah, I, I think there's that for. Am I missing anyone? Is there anyone else no, you no. that can go up there?
0: I agree with that because what I had marked down was Deuce and Aoka. So I, I think those are those are perfect shout-outs. Love, love the shout-out of Anson uh Aaliyah Carter as well.
1: Yeah, and Aaliyah Carter, unanimous all Big 12 preseason team. Of course she would be since she was uh, unanimous for first team last season. Volleyball will be coming up, and again, during Blitz Month, I will get the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Smoller, to talk about volleyball and women's soccer. All right, would you rather fight 10 Deuce Bonds or five King Felixes from Evan?
0: I would rather just take the L altogether because I don't, I don't want to fight either of those situations. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm six foot two. Like, I feel like maybe the height factor with Deuce would be helpful, but 10 of them, like, grabbing onto my legs and stuff probably wouldn't be good either. So... I think there's strength in numbers. And I would probably, if I, if I am forced to give an answer here, it's probably five Felixes. as much on, as I hate that
1: on my best day ever, I was five foot eight and I might weigh like double deuce fawn. So the it, it, 10 of them are kicking my ass. So honestly, I'm going to take five King Felixes and just let, let them knock me out quick. I don't want to put up a fi- There's no way I'm winning that. So just get it over quick. Uh, Evan thoughts on mowing. I always thought I'd hate it, but there's something thera- therapeutic about mowing your lawn. I could not disagree more, hate it, hate it.
0: I, I agree with the therapeutic aspect of it, but it's it's a chore that I dread doing until I'm doing it. And then when I'm doing it, I enjoy it. But then I also hate the cleanup aspect of like bagging it and then getting rid of the, the shavings and all that other stuff. And then weed whacking because my weed whacker, I feel like the, the little string on it just dies like immediately once I hit like concrete or a rock or something. Uh, and I have to refill like the string on the weed whacker every you know two minutes so it becomes a much longer chore than it needs to be um so I would say yes to mowing the other things around it absolutely not
1: yeah I hate it and it's shame on me um there's like a lot of I I have no green thumb I don't like landscaping but like I have like this rock stuff going on in front of it well nope there's like grass growing up in that so I'm like having to weed whack the grass out of it like I need to spray something, uh, you know, there, there's just two kind of like not very tall trees. So trying to mow around those in my front yard isn't great. My backyard, Chauncey is a digger. So like every time I go out there, like I'm risking like my ankles, which already suck. Like I'm going to break my ankle one of these times. So it's just bad. It's just bad. I, I need this podcast, folks. I need you guys to download every episode we have ever done every single day. To make me more money on these ads, so I can then hire someone to redo all the landscaping. So uh, everyone, or just send me money. I'm not. I'm not too proud to beg. Send me a bunch of money. I'll do landscaping at my house and make it better.
0: Ugh, I hate it. Well, the boneheads are rich and they smell they, good. They so are. there some and people they in your corner.
1: Exactly. Oh man. Evan asked, Patrick Mahomes brought Waterburger to Kansas City. What is your dream franchise to bring to Kansas City or, for you, Denver?
0: For me, it's Whataburger because they're, they're not in Denver yet. They're in Colorado Springs. They've got, like, one location. We have In-N-Out here. I will get into the whole In-N-Out debate if we want to, but, like, I think it's trash. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball here. I think what would also be sick to have around here is Spangles. I loved Spangles growing up, and we – I mean, it's in what? Salina, Topeka, Wichita, McPherson? Are, are there
1: none in Oklahoma?
0: I don't. Oh, think am thinking of Brahms. Oklahoma. I'm thinking of Brahms. Yeah. Shout, yeah, shout out to Casey wrong. Wright, this would also be
1: great. Yeah. Shout out to Casey Wright, who's a bonehead. I saw him in a Brahms in Oklahoma when driving down to Arlington. Uh, so shout out to him. I. Here's the thing, I, and I like Waterberg. I've I've been to the Waterburger in Overland Park. I I don't really care about any like, it, it is good. I'm glad it is here, but. At the end of the day, I, I just don't think any sort of chain, at least food, it's just like there's nothing I can't live without. You yeah. know, I, I mean, here's the thing. It's not a chain, but I would freaking, I would do some dirty things for the peanut to open up in downtown Shawnee. Again, it's only like 15 minute drive to the downtown OP from where I am. But if there was one a mile away. Like I would, I would be doing some, I'd, I'd be putting down probably more. It's probably a good thing but I'd be eating a lot of wings. I love some wings.
0: I still have not had the peanut, but my sister just moved to downtown OP. So
1: really, well, okay. So the there will be a visit there, soon. Just ignore your sister and you and I will go on wing and beer benders. Sounds good. All right. K-S8 by 90. What's your favorite uniform combination?
0: For basketball, it'd be the two-tone lavender, like lavender on top of the purple. Um, and then the stormtrooper, like white on whites in football. I just, it's such a clean look. It's icy as hell. You, you can't go wrong with it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, honorable mention will be the uh, script, script wildcats. And then I would also say honorable mention, just the regular silver, white, silver roads. I like the purple uniforms, but uh, there's something about the white jerseys that truly just get me going. So, mm-hmm. uh, you're not. I don't think you're a Rockies fan, so we can hopefully both laugh at them. Uh, do you think the Colorado Rockies will ever win the win a World Series? I'm gonna say no.
0: I am not a Rockies fan. I like them. I enjoy their games. I have like a quarter zip that I wear to games, so I don't look like a total, you know, sore thumb in the audience. But um, I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Uh, give me a Royals playoff appearance or any kind of relevance whatsoever over any kind of success that the Rockies would have in a million years.
1: I love it. All right, Jeff Burkhart asks: Stadium sing-along. good idea, bad idea? What's your go-to track? When would you insert your song of choice? I think it's the ABS that are doing uh, Blink 182, right?
0: All the small things.
1: Yeah, all the. I love it. I that that one's an amazing one.
0: Um, It's different too.
1: Yeah, so if you're gonna do something like that for K-State football or basketball, do you think it's a good idea? Where would you put it, and what would the song
0: be? So, my, my song is a throwback to a song that most people don't know about, but we played it at our tailgates for, for like the Delta Sig tailgates all the time. Uh, and it was F14 EMA by Abe and Wayne. Oh,
1: freaking love Abe and Wayne. <laughs> the, those two throwing down at Fatty Fest. Uh, oh my
0: gosh. I love F14. Incredible. My honorable mention would be Mr. Brightside by the Killers because every K-State wedding I've been to, it ends up in being a fuck KU chant.
1: Yeah. I I think that would be great. Uh, I think Michigan does that, but it wouldn't last long because there'd be a fuck KU chant. Um, I don't think, I mean, I would say hero by Enrique Iglesias just so I could have my time to shine. Uh, But I think it'd be cool. And I think it'd be great in between the fourth and third, third and fourth quarter Uh, But I don't know if there is, like, a good version of that. Also, here's a hot take. The Royals used to do uh, Friends in Low Places. I don't really like the song, but I liked it at the Royals games. I know a lot of people did the hashtag Boo Garth, but then they tried to find a new, like, song, all this type of shit, and then they just completely stopped. And I, 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 I missed having something that was Kansas City Royals stuff, but. You know, it is what it is. Some random person called it me underscore Alice have no clue who this could be, but she wants you to say something nice about Texas.
0: She might be my roommate. I don't know yet. Um, uh, I appreciate Texas for all of the entertainment and comedic value that they've given us in the last decade and a half.
1: I I think that is fair. I think that is fair. Uh, Gina Kirkwood asks. How are you bettering yourself during your fun employment? Congrats, by the way. How are you worsening yourself during fun employment?
0: Um, so I spent a week in Telluride hiking, rafting, doing all that good stuff. So it was, it was awesome. Spent all last week there. Um, also drank way too much beer uh, that no whole week, last week. And As really, long as you're not I driving, there's
1: no such thing as too much
0: beer. Exactly. And really haven't stopped. Um, and especially with the abs being in, in the Stanley Cup finals. It's been a marathon the last uh, the last week or so, but uh, looking forward to hopefully closing it out tonight or Tuesday at the latest and uh, taking, a, taking a break for a little bit.
1: There we go. We're actually on the home stretch. We got a handful of questions, so hopefully we'll get uh, done before uh, the puck drops. Kale 05 asks, who is the biggest K-State villain past or present? For example, Bill Self, is it Tom Osmer? uh for a number of reasons is it uh, a call coming from inside the house john curry but who like doesn't have to be those three but who who do you think it is
0: i mentioned it earlier because i'm still upset about conference realignment and probably will be until they leave um but i'm gonna say it's crystal and joe castiglione just because i'm so pissed off at them still um Beyond that, I, it's a great question. I, I don't really have a great answer for it besides those two, because I feel like they've they've done the most to undermine our program, whether it was directly or indirectly or not. But they've done the most to undermine our program and the conference in recent memory, at least um, just with with the conference realignment stuff. So,
1: yeah, so I don't think it's Bill Self. I don't even think it's close. Ultimately, I don't think KU has done anything that has stopped us from accomplishing Uh, anything like would it have been fun if KU sucked would would Frank Martin have like maybe found a way to win a big 12 title maybe but he never even finished second I don't believe maybe there was one time he finished second like 2000 and uh the 09-10 season so the year where we went to the elite eight I think he finished second that was only one time um Tom Osborne is a good one again 97 maybe we win a national title that year if we beat them um I'm I'm going to say this, I'm going to say Bob Stoops, because not only, I mean, I think we only, we, we beat them in 03 and then 2012, 2014, that's only three times out of however many steals all the coaches before the 98 championship game. Uh, you know, the, the losses in 2000, um, you know, again, that, that was a team that could have been in the national title conversation so I, I, I think it is – I think it has to be Bob Stoops is the number one villain. And, again, that's weird to say about someone who has been turned around and donated a ton of money to K-State Athletics. Uh, same with Long Kruger. It, is, it was very weird that two guys who were sitting head coaches at Oklahoma were, like, in the top, like, 3% in a Hearn Fund and K-State Athletic donors while they're a coach at another place. Uh, but that's why – actually, I don't know if Bob Stoops was that high. I don't think Bob Stoops is that high, but Bob Stoops continues to donate money to KC Athletics, but I don't think he was that high, but Long Kruger was, um, which honestly, I know that. I, well, I, I'm not going to say why I know some of this stuff. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say, I, I, I'm not going to, I already told the cringy story about me at the Central Florida game. And I like, after however many years talked about how I saw John Curry walking around with Larry Brown in Bramlage during the coaching search. I'm not going to say how I know how much money that those two were donating while they were sitting coaches at Oklahoma. Not going to do it. We're just going to move on.
0: Secrets are coming out today, y'all.
1: Yeah, the the Boneheads are not going to be happy with me, but that's okay. Ace Edwards, the other Alley Cat, shout out to the Aggieville Alley Cats. They are my podcasting children who I love equally. Would you rather have one five-star basketball commitment or two five-star football commitments? This is a great question.
0: I would go with football because I feel like the disparity in talent and the ability to get five stars separates kind of the Alabama Clemsons of the world um, from, you know, us or even KU, like all the other programs that are in kind of the the power five Um, we've gotten You know, five star guys in basketball. And, and I, you know, Michael Beasley is a little bit of an outlier, but even then, we weren't able to get over the hump and get to a final four that year. So I would, I would go with five stars in football over five stars in basketball because I think the talent disparity in football is different than the talent disparity between a five star and a three star in basketball, for instance.
1: So originally, I was going to say basketball because one, Five-star in basketball makes 7.6% of your roster a five-star versus two in football, that's like 2%. But the reason why I have actually flipped, part of it is what you said, hey, you know, the difference between a four- and five-star, I think, in basketball is smaller than a four- and five-star football. But football, they have to be with you for three years. There's no way around it. If if you have the best freshman five-star in the world, they're at least going to play a second year with you. And then they might like sit out the entire third year. We've seen it a couple times, but they're going to be with your program for at least three years. The best five-star in the world, you get them for 30 games and it's done in basketball. So I actually changed my mind on that one uh, since that originally came in. Pick one non-revenue sport for K-State to win a national championship. in. what are you choosing?
0: Does baseball count? Yeah men's college world series i grew up going to the college world series every year so i would love to see k-state be in that and and for our fans to get to experience that Plus, omaha is a super short drive for manhattan so make it happen
1: yeah i i think that is what would be best for k-state athletics and i think that is probably the one the fans would attach themselves to the most but i'll be honest i i'm way more emotionally invested in the volleyball team and the women's basketball team than men's baseball i would probably choose Women's basketball, uh, I, uh, no, man. so volleyball is right during football season. So it, it takes some of it away from, I, I, uh, I'm going to say women's basketball, but volleyball would be second and then baseball would be third for me again. It, but I, I'll, I'll say this, if, oh man, no, I would pick baseball because that is what would be what was best for K-State. I'll, I'll, not be selfish. I'm picking baseball. Cause that would be significantly better and bigger for K-State. Uh, if you could swap places with one K-State mer- uh, media personality, who would it be?
0: Probably Wyatt Thompson, just because he gets all access to everything he's employed by the university or at least the athletics program. Um, and I feel like he knows everything that's happening before it happens. And he's not able to divulge that, but you know that he knows what's happening before it happens. And, th- and it would be cool to have that insider access.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, I, I would go with Wyatt as well, but also because I want to be best friends with Brian Smaller. So I can't switch places with Brian because then you can't be Brian's best friend. So I, I would pick Wyatt Thompson for the reasons you said, but I would use that not really for information, but just to become best friends with Brian. Um, we're, we're still with uh, Ace. Uh, what is the one feature the new NCAA game must have? You, you said it. You want home field advantage. I'll say this. I want a rec- uh, transfer portal recruiting. I want mm. that added to the game. Um, and then he said, if you could pick one position, I asked for a follow-up on this. If you could pick one position on the football field to completely master excluding quarterback, what are you picking? I followed it up asking, as a coach or player, he said, answer both.
0: As a player, place kicker. Because that I, I, the margin for error there, and, and all everything that goes into it, and you have to be Mr. Clutch if you're the place kicker. So I would love, I would love that because I feel like if if quarterback isn't an option, that's one of the closest things to like being able to make or break a game in a lot of cases. And you can play forever. True. So you can play. We could be forty eight and yeah. be place kickers in the NFL.
1: I'm gonna say this: if you're if you're saying that it's like my current body type, 5'8 on a good day and fat. Then yes, it would be place kicker. If you're saying, "Oh, I also get to like morph into it," like being mastering the tight end position, would it be amazing? I would love if I could be any professional athlete. I'd be Travis Kelsey, 100. percent He's like the coolest dude. That's what I'm going with. All right, what about as a coach?
0: As a coach, probably offensive coordinator.
1: Okay, I, I would go offensive line. Just be like, all right, yeah. I'm the like if I could be Connor Riley, I could live with that. Nice all right and then that's it from ace we are down to the last handful this is a great one what's the longest binge you've ever been on drinking binge
0: age 21 to
1: 25 we <laughs> <Full> stop <laughs> i mean it definitely was like for me it, it was basically the entire 2012 football season uh oh i don't i actually wasn't even 21 for that
0: oh me either oh yeah With i drank Taylor a lot. Uh, game that was that was bad that was bad memory for me <laughs> Yeah, as an
1: adult though, um, it was the uh, Liberty Bowl when we played Arkansas. I, I was young, recent grad. That was a that was like a legitimate binge, and I put a, down a lot of beers uh, for the for the trip down to Texas that Stanford game this past year. But you know, I just can't drink what I, like I used to. But I actually think the legitimate answer was the first Liberty Bowl. I drank a lot.
0: That was, that was a one that you kind of needed to drink a lot for. Yeah,
1: and th- th- there's some more like context to that that I will not divulge on this podcast. <laughs> so again, this is the most I've actually ever held back on the podcast, but we don't need to tell that story today. If you had to eat 15 Street Tacos, we already have Dylan, or Dylan Edwards. So if you had to eat 15 Street Tacos to get Avery Johnson, could you do it?
0: So, is its is it seven and a half tacos now? No, it's because 15. we already, For we already just have Johnson,
1: could you do 15 street tacos?
0: I mean, KSU Railroader doesn't know how much I eat tacos because I eat a shit ton of tacos. Just, well, I,
1: I think I could and street easily do. Street tacos are
0: small too. Yeah.
1: I, I think I could do 15 and be like, easily. Oh, like some chips and salsas and tamales and all. I could easily do 15 street
0: tacos. Easily. How easily. many could
1: yeah. you do? So, it's like the question I asked some of the coaches like, okay, like eating contests. Life or death situation, how many street tacos do you think you could put down? So maybe not life or death situation, but to to get Avery Johnson in the fold, how many street tacos could you, Bob Trollsby, a.k.a. Joey, put down?
0: I think it depends on the meat, because if it's like a barbacoa or a carnitas, you that's going to be a lot meats. heavier than chicken.
1: All right, so chicken. How many chicken street tacos are you putting down to get Avery Johnson? We're doing
0: like like chicken, like a tinga de pollo. It'd probably be, I'd set the over under like 20 and a half. For me
1: yeah I mean I'm I'm putting down however many you, if you tell if someone tells me hey Scott Wildcat you have to put down 50 street tacos and I get to choose like the meat and like I have an array of some salsas some lime cilantro oh, yeah. onion like everything I'm putting 50 down and I'm getting Avery Johnson to the cats
0: but I've easily eaten 20 of the party pack from Taco Bell before so if I can do that I can do at least 20 to 25 street tacos with chicken
1: oh yeah oh yeah So bring it on. If anyone wants to offer me some free street tacos, I'll do it. Uh, Cole, Colorado Cole goes AJ7, question mark. I think he's asking about Avery Johnson. I think Avery Johnson's going to come. We haven't said it on this podcast. If folks are listening at this point, the commitment date is uh, July 5th, 3 p.m. Central Time Zone. It's going to be on CBS Sports HQ, which I think is on a YouTube channel or on CBS Sports's uh, website. I think he's going to be a cat.
0: I feel better than I did a week ago. Um, I still have the PTSD of of recruits not coming our way, but Dylan makes me feel a lot better about Avery. We'll put it that way.
1: Powercat Ryan asks, how many new football and men's basketball commits will we see from the time from now to the next Q&A episode? That's an entire month. I have no idea.
0: Would you say six is a
1: fair number for football? I think it'll be more than six in the month of July. Uh, okay. Actually, no, I think six or seven, and then maybe two in basketball. So, I mean, set the over under at eight and a half. I was going to say
0: like six for football, two or three for basketball. Yeah,
1: I'd say at eight and a half. I'm going to say over. But, yeah, I think, yeah. And then will Wait. football or men's basketball have a better 2023 recruiting class? <sighs> I think some folks are starting to get a little, if you're you're going just purely off like rivals or 247 or on three rankings, I think folks are going a little bit overboard with football because, again, we love some of these guys. And we're going to see some stuff that we've never seen. But say you get even five four stars. I think the number 30 recruiting class last year had 10 four stars or something crazy like that.
0: Yeah. And in looking at rivals today, I think we were still 55th with where we stand right now. And and granted rivals doesn't have Dylan Edwards as a four-star for whatever it's worth. But even then, to your point, like that maybe gets us into the top 30, maybe, 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 but
1: I I think men's basketball will have a top 25 recruiting class, but I think they're going to get a handful of blue chip type guys. So a handful of four stars, they're just going to have more percentage of spots that they're recruiting. So. Yeah, That's what I think. I I think fans will be happier with football, though. So I don't know if that's a hot take. I think fans are going to look at it and say, oh, I like the football class better, but it'll be ranked better in basketball. Uh, Baller Status Cat, he finishes us up with a handful, and then uh, my guy Asher has one more uh, to end it. But uh, Baller Status Cat, how many combined wins for football
0: and hoops? 25.
1: See, I was going to say 26.
0: Okay, all yeah. right. So Where do I'm we differ? Where do we differ?
1: So I i have us winning ten in football, ten and three after the bowl game, and I have us at sixteen uh in basketball, just missing the tournament and then losing in the first round of the NIT.
0: So we we have the same on football, and I have fifteen for basketball. So
1: yeah, I I, I hope it's more. Give like if, you Sonny, oh, like, get to thirty. <laughs> how how many how many street tacos are you winning for a combined thirty? I'll
0: eat 30 tacos for a combined 30 wins.
1: That would be great. If a genie came to me and said, hey, Scott, you know, however many street tacos you could eat, that's how many you're going to combine for. And you eat so many, it's like, well, shit, now it's going to like go into women's basketball as well. Like, watch out, Natty Central, baby. <laughs> uh, if you could bring one guest to a KSU game, who would it be and why you, your selection cannot come from the pool of people you have tickets with slash normally attend games with?
0: I... I had a tough time with this question too. I I would probably pick because I don't have season tickets or anything. So there's not like a group of people I normally okay. go with. I go move every to Kansas you know,
1: City and get season tickets,
0: man. I move the mountains and then sure. I, I okay, all right. <laughs> um, but I would probably go with. There's just a lot of people that I talk to out here who have zero, because it's been so long since CU left, or, and CSU has never really had exposure to K-State. So the two major programs out here, a lot of people just don't have a ton of exposure to K-State, and, and it's not like they dog it, but they just don't get it. And I would take one of those detractors, like someone who just doesn't really get it or kind of pooh poos the idea of K-State football being like a great environment to be in for tailgating and, and in-game atmosphere. I would probably take someone who just like kind of knocks the idea and is like, "Ah, oh, it's probably not that great. And I'll be like, ah, just come to a game and then see what happens. Uh, so it'd probably be someone like that and then and then flip them.
1: Yeah, I, I would take Rachel Benita, who's my uh, celebrity crush. Uh, I think i think she's with nfl network now i'm pretty sure she's with nfl network she's bounced around like with fox sports very funny stuff uh hilarious uh attract like i would basically be like all right you know i have my chance to shoot my shot uh for three hours you know hashtag find scott wildcat a girlfriend by thanksgiving uh anyone slide in the dms shout out um so that's what, who I would do. I, I would, I would 100%. Again, I have season tickets. I get to go to games a lot, but anyone who I want to go to a game with, I could make happen. Like, right. I would just like, Hey, I would tell my dad, Hey dad, sorry, you don't get to come. I'm going to take Joey or I, I would take, you know, insert whoever I want here. So I'd have to pick someone who I'm not going to get a chance to get to go to a game with me. So that's what I'm going with. There we go. The, the next one from Baller Status Cat, if you have a Bobby Flay throwdown against the good chef, what dish are you picking and what makes you think you stand a chance?
0: I make brisket or ribs because I have those absolutely nailed um, with, you know, it's some of the best brisket I've ever had is my own. Um, and and I don't I don't feel shy in saying that. So I that, that's what I would do It'd be brisket or, or ribs.
1: Yeah. So what I would do and again, this used to be a staple before. Uh, we would basically the 22 football season. I don't do it during football season anymore. Uh, This is more of like a basketball season thing, but I call call it a game day breakfast skillet. So again, it would have to be like a breakfast challenge, but basically I do, uh, you know, a fry up like some uh, potato and onion. That's the base. Then I get some sort of breakfast meat. So sausage, chorizo, uh, bacon, one of those two. Then layer on uh sunny side eggs and then do a breakfast gravy on top of it so that was the game day breakfast skillet and i would just hope that he's not good at cooking breakfast that would be my. making me shot. hungry
0: well he doesn't like hash browns We're yeah yeah he that. doesn't
1: but, but it wouldn't be hash brown because i like dice it up it's more of like a a quote-unquote hash because there's the onions in there as well and that's like the base yeah So we'll see, Um, which football and basketball games would you like to go back and re-experience or experience if you could, why those games? So we'll say one football, one basketball.
0: And I have one football and one basketball. So for me, it'd be one of the older games that I would have been a kid for and and experience it like today as a 29, 30 year old. Um, For me, it would be the, the 2000 Nebraska game in the snow when we beat number four, Nebraska, 29, 28. That game, I just I think that was honestly probably the tipping point for me as okay, I get what football's all all about and I love this and I love the energy that's happening. Um, because it was just electric being in that atmosphere. And I would love to experience that again. And then and then same, so I I didn't really go to a whole lot of K-State basketball games until Frank Martin uh, came along. And and one of the first games I ever went to was in Oklahoma city for the, the first and second round I was there. against, against BYU. Um, and, and being able to see also KU get lit up by UNI and Ali Farrokh That was, that was super fun to watch too. Um, but again, I was, I was a teenager. It would be, it would be fun to experience that today as, as an adult, as opposed to, like, a 17-year-old at the time.
1: Yeah, and, and I think – so, I, I, I saw all the games there. And, like, the first game – so, not the game Jimmer lost to us, but I think it was Florida I maybe North – I can't remember who they played in the first round, but that was, like, the birth of, like, Jimmer going off.
0: Yeah, uh, was, I think it was,
1: was. I think it was BYU versus Florida. I don't know. But he goes off. Like, that entire trip was amazing. For football, I almost always say 98 because I was there and I want to – Experience that again, but I actually have changed my mind, and it is that two thousand game because me and my dad had tickets, but my mom was like, "No, it's snowing, it's icy, you guys aren't going," so we didn't get to go to that. So I, I actually am changing that to that because it was also like super close game. You get the Willie on top, and like it kind of validates that first game. So I, I'm, I, I'm actually changing it to that, and then uh, for basketball, I'm going with the two thousand eight game versus KU. I wasn't at that game. The streak breaks. I didn't. I, I saw a handful of Beasley Walker games, but not as many as I wanted to. So that's the one I'm going with. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one from my guy Asher. Uh, and I think this is him like trying to poke at me because uh, I think the most mad anyone's ever gotten at me is anytime I question student government, uh, you know, on Twitter, he asked SGA accommodations have caused controversy on K-State Twitter in the past. If you were to write five accommodations right now who would you write them for and why five too many so i'll just say like one or two um i think i don't know if you were able to see this one so i'll I'll go first um so i did
0: see it because asher and i were in sga together (laughs) it's like a double dip here
1: first off i love asher i asher is one of my favorites so it makes sense that he made sure to get that in there so i didn't know if you saw that so if you have them go ahead
0: I, I think my first commendation is going to Chef Andre Napier because I don't, I, I feel like they might have done one for Monty Putnam. They but did. Chef, and
1: I got in, Chef like, deserves
0: it more. more. Chef deserves it more. He always has. He's been a fan for a lot longer. So we're giving it to Chef. The second one is Dylan Edwards because he's recruiting just as much as our as our recruiting staff is. So give him a preemptive. Uh, That's good. If you have five,
1: go re- reel them off because I, I I didn't know you followed them. So if you have five, go for it.
0: Oh yeah, the third one is uh, my two dogs, Potty and Wheeler. Um, they've they've had to grow up in a house divided between a Longhorn and a Wildcat fan, so they deserve a commendation for putting up with with their parents. Um, the fourth one is just all boneheads. Like they smell good, they're rich, they're wonderful. Uh, they deserve, they deserve a commendation. And then the last one's Taylor Bratt, because I was kind of pulling for a fifth one. And I don't know if they've ever come and, you know, given him a commendation, but he deserves it more than the USC basketball team or whoever they gave a commendation to for bouncing KU in the tournament last year.
1: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Again, I, I think the Monty stuff, I think that is the most I've ever had folks mad at me, uh, but a surprising amount of people who don't want to say it in public reciting in my dms and saying they agreed with me i again what, what I, someone asked me in five years and i'll read off that list again it's too close but this is the most i've ever on a q a show said i can't say who it was but chef was on mine i want to give chef an honorary doctorate from k-state uh because chef is awesome and the other one was just the boneheads i, I think it's the uh, best podcast fans in college sports. Again, this show has been going, we've had more, I, I, I would bet a lot of money that there is no other case. There's only, I, I think Tim Fitzgerald with the Powercat podcast is the only one that is, has been consistently going since we started. Um, and I think they have taken weeks off since we started. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, someone who listens to both will have to let me know, but we, have not, it's we've gone over four years straight without t- uh taking a week off and it's because of the boneheads that i've had i've had the energy to do it so it's the chef gets an honorary doctorate in the boneheads so that wraps it up um not didn't get to you know the puck dropping but i'll, I'll let you have a final word to all the boneheads and then i'll let you watch your avalanche hopefully clinch the cup
0: the final word is. It's it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Scott. I uh, love love being again part of this community with the Boneheads, and and appreciate everything that you and and also Grant were able to do to get this get this thing started and keeping it going. It, it takes a lot of work to do that, uh, and I appreciate that that you've kept on with it, uh, with the exception of the Hawaii live show. But still, hey, you still have I an episode did. every week.
1: <laughs> I I almost I almost did the Hawaii live show, but. We did have the show with Grant. And again, Grant, while not still a co host, he will be a very recurring guest. I already know when I'm going to be trying to get him on a few times, still in the summer and again in season. So thank you to Grant. Joey, thank you to you. Thank you to all the boneheads. We're going live on Wednesday, 7 p.m. in God's time zone, 6 p.m. out there in the mountains, 5 p.m. with Callie Mike, and 8 p.m. on the East Coast with the good chef. I don't know of any impending uh, recruitments, but again, uh, Joe Jackson uh, committing on 4th of July, Avery Johnson on the 5th, super secret announcement dropping on Twitter the evening of July 10th. So it's going to be a fun time. We love you guys. We love Joey. Again, metaphorically, Grant is at the cat head. I had some folks getting mad at me when they tried to find him. It's metaphorically. We love you guys and we'll talk to you soon.
0: hail to the Wild cat in fight. Hail, Alma mater, from sea to sea. Onward
1: forever. Hail, victory. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum,
0: ba-dum. fight. You can't stay, cat's form. Alma mater, fight glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors we will ever be. A Fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for Alma Mater.
1: Ba da da
0: Podcast Network.